We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Lord, our, our hope is in you this morning. Lord, we hope that this service of worship is honoring and glorifying to you. And, and Lord, we just pray that, Lord, you would use this time to to grow us as Christians, to, to encourage us as Christians, and to uh, bring people into the faith, the family of the faith. And, and Father, today we just take a small glimpse into the Word of God at a message that, that brought then hope and now still brings hope into our day for Your people. And as we begin to see the reality of the birth of Christ, Lord, help us to see the power of what happened that morning when, when Mary gave birth to the Savior of the world. Father, we are truly best to be here this morning to worship freely in Your house and to look into Your Word. And we ask that You be lifted up and glorified, Lord. Help us to focus our thoughts on the hope of Jesus Christ today. And Lord, I just lift up Arlene and you continue to be with her as, as she has been in the hospital the last few days and is now home. And, and I just pray that you give her hope of deliverance and comfort and peace. And Lord, we just come this morning in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at Advent. Now, Advent uh, simply comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. And so it simply allows us to, to begin to, to look at the coming of Messiah uh, to, and get us ready because Christ has already came. But as we look at Scripture, He's just coming. So it allows us to prepare ourselves to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, which is Christmas Day. And so this week we'll look at hope, then we'll look at peace and joy and love in Christ. And now I want us to understand that, that, that hope comes in many different forms in our culture today. We have hope in, in promises that people make. I mean, people make promises all the time and we hope they keep them. We, we can have a hope for a future. You know, when I was in Bible college, I truly hoped that, that God would bless us with a church and He did. But there are many pastors out there still hoping for a church. They haven't gotten one yet. But there's still different types of hope. And so we see hope for salvation. We hope for eternal life. We hope for heaven. We can even have reality as is a false hope, a distorted hope as we learned yesterday at men's breakfast. And so what is the hope that we want to look at this morning in the Word of God? And I believe that hope is a, is a, is a hope of promise. A hope of promises. And I thought about that. I thought, where can I find uh, the hope of the coming Messiah in which we look at in Scripture? And you know, the reality is, as we see it in the Old Testament all over the place, as we see the promised Messiah that's supposed to be coming into the world, and as we take a look here in this passage in, in Isaiah chapter 7, in verse 14, we read this. It says, Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Now, this is a long 
time before Jesus Christ was ever brought into the world. And so what I say this morning is I see that we have a hope of a promised coming Messiah. A child that is promised to come into the world through the Virgin Mary to bring about redemption to all of mankind. And that is the hope that we're looking at today. The hope that Messiah would come. That Jesus would save His people. That He would redeem His people. That He would draw men and women and children into Himself. And so we are so blessed as Christians today because we know that this birth has taken place. We have the whole counsel of God's Word as we look in Matthew. And so it's an exciting time to, to really know that the people of this day, imagine them awaiting the birth of Messiah. It kind of spoils it for us. We have it. But imagine the excitement. Imagine these people waiting on a deliverance from the Roman Empire. We are more or less today waiting on the return of Messiah. But this, this week and the weeks to come, we focus backwards from the cross at the birth of Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you this morning, do you understand that the birth of Messiah brings hope to all of humanity? Not simply individuals, but it brought about a hope for all humanity that could have the redemption, have the forgiveness of their sins and be brought into eternal life with Christ. What are the things this morning in your life that you are hopeful for today? Are they material things? Are they Are they people? Are they ideas? Are they dreams? Listen, I don't think it's wrong to have hopes in life. I have hopes all the time. I have hopes that my children will grow up to be godly men and women. And I trust that God will do works. And I have hopes for this church. And I have hopes for this community. And I have hopes for, for, for many things. But what is my main hope? One that I can grasp hold of. One that I can hold on to. And I want to ask you this morning, what is your hope? What is it that you're placing your hope in? The Jewish people in the book of Matthew, if you remember Matthew, is, is, is trying to convince these people, these Jewish people, that Messiah was the King of kings and Lord of lords. He was the, the true biblical Messiah. They had hope for this Messiah, the Jewish people, for a long time. And understandably, they had been sitting in a time period of 400 years of silence. No prophecy, no promises, nothing. And so they are waiting on the deliverance of Israel. Now, you know, we come every Sunday and open the Word of God and we feel like God communicates to us. But imagine 400 silent Years of never feeling like God has communicated with you. Number one, we don't live that long. That's a lot of generations. And so you can imagine the, the desire that these people had to see the hope of the return of Christ or the bringing forth of Messiah into the world. The Jewish people had been in captivity. They had been in bondage and they'd been waiting for Messiah to save them out of their situation of life. 
and their hopes that Messiah would one day come and bring them out of bondage and bring them into an earthly kingdom is what they expected. And here in Matthew, the first ten chapters, we see, we see in chapters 1-4, to four, Jesus begins to reveal Himself as, as His person. Jesus in 5-7 to seven is revealed to the Jews in His principles. And then lastly, in the last two chapters, we see in 8 and 10, Jesus is revealed to the Jews His power. Matthew is trying to make understood that Jesus Christ is the Messiah to these people. But the question that I, you and I need to ask ourselves is why? Why does Matthew feel like he needs to convince these people that Jesus, this child that's being born into a virgin, is really the Messiah? Well, I think this morning it's important to understand that because these people have a false hope. They had a false hope and a false Messiah and a false king. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of the Jewish people, many years had in their minds created for themselves their own kind of Jesus, their own kind of Messiah in which they expected. They were waiting for a Messiah to be born years before and to them, and this Messiah would mean freedom from oppression, freedom from the Roman rule. And they wanted a brave king, a strong king, one that would come with a mighty sword to, to wipe out the Roman rule before them and, and deliver them from their oppressors. But don't we do that sometimes ourselves? Now, I can speak for myself, I can't speak for you, but I can tell you this morning, sometimes I do that. I have a false hope about Jesus sometimes. We justify things in our life. We pretend that Christ is okay with it. And then we even go as far as try to worship this Christ that we've created in our minds. But just like the Jews, the King on a white horse that they created that comes with a mighty sword, it didn't come. But a king came on a donkey, a servant. In Matthew 20, 28, it says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but come to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. That is the kind of Messiah that came forth through the Virgin Mary. He came not to rule, but to serve and died a cursed death on the cross. The king that they hoped for, Jesus the baby didn't match the description. They rejected, and many today will reject the biblical Jesus in our day. The one that is narrow, the one that is holy and perfect. And people will begin to exchange the biblical Jesus for an open-minded Jesus. They will begin to exchange the biblical Jesus for one that they've created on their own and in their own minds. And just like the people that awaited the Messiah, so they wait for a different Messiah than what the Bible teaches today. I remember talking 
to a Jewish lady several years ago when I was in the construction business as a general superintendent out on a job site. And there she, she was a Jewish lady and she ran a what we call a roach coach. And they sell food and they drive from job site to job site. Horrible food. But when you're out in the middle of nowhere, it's all right. You know, it's good eating. But I remember talking to this lady and I said, you know, I, I noticed she had a necklace on with the symbol of Israel. And so I began to talk to her and, and I said, well, what is your faith? And, and she said, well, I'm a Jew and I'm from Israel. And, and I, so I began to ask her, well, what do you think about Jesus Christ? And I'll never forget her reply. She said, you know, Jesus is a good man. He was, a, he was almost like a prophet. He was a good man, a godly man. But He wasn't Messiah. Well, why do you think He wasn't Messiah? And she said, because He wasn't powerful. He didn't come with a mighty sword and bring victory to Israel to win about our people back. And you know, in the eyes of man, He wasn't victorious. And therefore, she didn't believe that He was Messiah. When we simply look at the history of the Jewish people and all that they've been through and all of the destruction that's happened in their lives, we see them driven out of their hometowns. We see them removed from Jerusalem. We see them victims of, of the Hitler and, and all that happened there. We see them still fighting today on the news right now in Gaza as they're trying to, to protect their homeland. And listen, so it's understandable why they are still waiting for this Messiah to come. Because Jesus Christ did not fit the description. This morning, I think it's important for us to, to under, understand that Scripture talks about this Messiah years and years, thousands of years before it ever takes place. And we see in Isaiah 53, as it talks about the suffering servant that dies on a, on a cross... And yet, they make it out to be something different than what it claims to be. And so I want to make it very clear this morning that the message of hope that we are looking at when we celebrate Advent is the, the hope of Messiah, that, ha, that He has come, that He was born of a virgin, and that He brought hope to all mankind this baby child that was prophesied to be born many years before it ever took place. Scripture shows us that Jesus in this time had the rightful reign, and the true Messiah, and while many rejected, many understood it and believed it. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 1-17, to we see the genealogy of Jesus. We find there in those few verses the importance that that Jesus truly comes from the line of David. And he's able to be the rightful king, the Messiah, the one for us, not against us. In verses 18 to 23 we have the birth of Jesus Christ. If you remember there in Matthew chapter 1, I, I think it's starting around verse 18. He had planned, Joseph had planned on leaving Mary. He had, to, he had decided, listen, I don't want to disgrace her, so I'm going to send her away. But then the angel of the Lord comes, and in Matthew 1.20, we read this, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. 
For the child who has conceived, been conceived is in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Their hope was that Messiah would bring an earthly kingdom. Many Jews today still wait for the Messiah to come. But Matthew tells us, oh, Matthew tells us of the true perfect purpose of Christ, that it was that he would come and deliver his people from their sins. Now there's hope. Few had this hope in a true prophetic Messiah. And this false hope, a hope that would cause many to reject the Jesus that was born until what we see in the Scriptures as being Messiah. And we see it in John 1.11 as He says, He came to His own and those who were His own did not receive Him. He was rejected by His very own people. And we rejected today in our society by people every day. I think it's important for us to have a hope in the true Messiah. The one that we see in Scripture. The one that came to deliver mankind from our sins. Not some created Messiah in our minds. Today in our culture, all kinds of people have created their own hope. They've rejected Jesus. They've created their own Jesuses that fit their desires and their lifestyles. And they reject the Jesus of the Bible. Many of you, when you share your faith, or many of you, when you begin to share your faith, you will start sharing the hope of Jesus with others. And I promise you, you will begin to see. People will begin to say things like, well, I'm a Christian because I've been born into a Christian family. Is that true? Is that what Jesus of the Bible said? Do do we really believe in household salvation? You will hear people say, well, I I was baptized as a child and therefore I'm a Christian. Is that what Jesus says? Is that what the Jesus of the Bible says? No, that person has created in their mind their own Jesus. They've become their own God and they've decided for themselves what saves them when Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. People will say, well, I'm a Christian because I've received healing in my life and in my body and therefore God's done a work in me. You'll have people say, listen, I've had a supernatural vision and I followed that vision and therefore I've had an an encounter with an angelic being and therefore I'm a Christian. Listen, I've had people in my office, I've talked to people on the street, I've talked to people everywhere that have mentioned these very things. And what they've done, they've created their own Christ. Just like in the days of Jesus, people created false hope. They've made for themselves their own Christ. They've become their own gods. And they have misunderstood who Jesus is. And at the end of the day, when they come to the end of their life, they will fall short of the glory of God. Because they have exchanged the truth for a lie. But Today I want us to understand a true hope. 
an unadulterated hope that only comes through one. A hope that that is worth giving up everything in our life for. A hope that's worth dying for. A hope that's worth living for. A hope that can only be found in Jesus Christ of the Bible alone. The One that came to save us from our sins. We have the whole story. We have the entire book, the full counsel. And that's why we can celebrate Christmas with joy and with hope and with anticipation of being grateful and thankful that Jesus came and redeemed mankind. We've seen the teachings of Paul. We've seen the teachings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as we read those in the encounters. We see the great blessings that Jesus Christ brings as He comes into the world because we have the big picture. 1 Thessalonians 1.3 says, We continually remember before God, our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. In our Lord Jesus Christ. Hope in Christ, listen, inspires our endurance as Christians. It inspires us to to live godly. It prompts us to, to labor by the love we have for the Father. And this baby that was born brought hope to many then and is still bringing hope today. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says, Through Him you believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and glorified Him, so that your faith and your hope are in God. What is our hope in this morning? What is it? It's not about man. It's not about you. It's not about me. Not about what we can accomplish in life. It's not about us changing the lives of people. It's not about pastors changing the lives of every person in their congregations. It's not about us bringing souls to Christ. It is, but it's about God doing it through us, using us as a vessel to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God loves every one of you today. He loves every one of us in a magnificent way that brings honor and glory to Him. And He sends hope for all of us. But not hope in a way that you can create it, a hope in a way that He sent it, that He created it, that comes only through Christ's birth, the child that brings hope. Listen, this morning, I want you to understand that God tells us many things that we can hold dear to our heart. He promises us things. He has promised us, listen, number one, to supply every one of our needs. The Bible says, But my God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It's Philippians 4, 9, 19. What if you don't feel like that today? Stuart, that's a great promise, but I ain't feeling it. I don't feel like God is providing my every need. I want you to know that, listen, Christ has done everything that needs to be done so that you can still have hope. I don't care what this world brings you. I don't care what this life brings you. There's hope in Jesus Christ being born into the world because He has redeemed you and saved you for eternity. This physical world we live in will perish, but our spiritual life will live on for eternity. 
God has promised that His grace this morning is sufficient. The grace that, that God Himself became man. In the form of Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 12.9 He's made provision for our salvation by grace. Faith through grace. Grace through faith. Ephesians 2.8 God has promised that His children would not be overtaken with, with temptation. You ever read that? How many are being overtaken by temptation today? Listen, the hope of Jesus Christ is that, that He has made a way that you don't have to endure those temptations. As a matter of fact, He says that He has made a provision and that He has ensured us that there will be a way of escape provided. This promise is recorded in 1 Corinthians 10.13. God has promised us victory over death. If I don't say anything else today, the glory of God in that, that death has lost its sting, has been swallowed up, we should all feel very blessed to know that the Savior that was brought in the form of a child, that lived the perfect sinless life, that went to the cross and died, when He died, He swallowed up death to those that would believe in the name of Jesus might be saved and that when we die in this, this flesh, that we live for eternity. You see the hope in what the baby brings. God has promised that, that, that all things work together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Listen folks, that's to Christian people. We have a hope. This baby has brought about the ability for God to work everything out for good. Even the worst situation that you go through, God can use it for good. The gold does not fear the fire for it knows it will be purified by it. Some of you in the fire this morning. But listen, I want to tell you, Christ comes so that you can know that God works all things for good. God has promised that those who believe in Jesus Christ will be saved. You see the importance of the birth of Jesus? If Jesus never comes, we have no hope. But because He's born into the world, and He brings about redemption and forgiveness and hope and security of salvation, He promises that whoever believes in Jesus Christ, we say, have you done that this morning? Most of you have. Most of you have. But maybe there's some that haven't. I ask you, have you done it this morning? Because God has promised, listen, eternal life to His people. He says, we will live forever and we will reign with Him on high. I want us to see each other hoping in Christ. Placing our hope in the baby that was born that we will celebrate on December 25th. Because when we do hope in Christ, we have this great, unfathomable living hope. A sure and certain hope that Messiah has come. We read it. He's come. Let us not reject the Messiah that came. He's come. 
He's taken away the sins of the world to those that would believe in His name. And when we're praying for others to come to know Jesus Christ, when we're praying for the salvation of others, when we're praying to be healed in in our lives, when we're praying for a loved one to be healed, when we're seeking God to help us in our finances, when, when, when we're seeking God to, to sell our home, and when we begin to rely on Him, when we seek God to find ourselves a mate, a lot of young people here one day will be seeking God's counsel to say, I, I want a husband, I don't want to be alone. I want a wife, I don't want to be alone. When you begin to seek those things, whatever it is, Whatever it may be, I want you to understand hope in Christ first. Because when we hope in Christ, we know that everything that follows is the will of God. And that God causes these things to work together for good to those who believe in Him. He, Christ, is a solid foundation on which we stand. Because when things don't turn out the way that we have desired them to, when that person doesn't come to know Christ in the first five years, the first ten years, when, when that man doesn't come into your life, when that woman doesn't walk into your life, when that healing doesn't take place, when things don't work out like we expected them to, Christ is still the center of our hope. God is still good. Because He has made a way for us to have the assurance of what? Spending eternity with God. Where is your hope today? God became flesh. He was born of a virgin. Promised from the old. Lived a perfect sinless life. Claimed to be the Son of God and the only way to salvation. Promised to go before us and prepare a place for us. He promised that He was going to come again and that we would be together. That is the King that we worship. He is the center of our hope. Titus 2.13 says for or 11 to 13, you only see verse 13 up there, but listen to what 11 to 13 says. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. We have seen the glory of the Lord this morning. When we read Scripture, we see the grace of God has been revealed through Christ Jesus, the Son. That is our hope. Instructing us to deny all ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. But then listen what it says in 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of, our, of the glory of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. He was our hope as a child. And He is still our hope today as we await the second coming of Christ. Would you come today to the Father? Would you put your life aside, all your desires, all of your your premeditated thoughts, and say, God, maybe the things aren't working out as, as much as I'd like them to be in my life. Would you say, I'm okay with that? 
I'm okay because I'm going to trust in the grace that was brought before us through Christ the child. I'm going to hope in you and the promises that you've given me. I'm going to place my absolute trust in your goodness and in your grace. Would you do that today? You see, I can preach all day, but I want to call you to move. I want to call you to transformation and step forward and allow God to begin to work in your life and to lay aside our own desires and begin to trust in the hope of Jesus. Put everything aside. Maybe today you've had a false hope in your own salvation. Maybe you've trusted in your own ability, your own works, your own efforts, and you simply need to say to Lord Jesus, I want to hope in You and Your work and what You've done and the work that You've completed. Do that today. There was a man by the name of Edward Moat. Maybe you've heard of him. Around 1834, he wrote a famous hymn that we all know today. He said one day as he went to labor to write a hymn on the Christian experience or the glorious Christian of the glory experience of a Christian, he came into his mind a chorus. And the chorus is as such On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. That day that he completed that chorus, he went and he began to write. And he completed the first four four verses. And the following Sunday proceeding, the service, Edward found out that a friend, a dear friend of his, his wife was sickly. And he desired for him to call and meet with her. And that husband said, listen, it was custom for him to sing a hymn, to read a portion of Scripture and engage in prayer before they met. But the man not being able to find his hymn book couldn't come up with a song. But Edward was there and in his pocket he had that hymn that he had began. The first four verses. And he said, listen, if it's okay, we'll just sing this hymn. And so he began with those verses and it says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ." blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. His wife loved it so much that she asked if she'd have a copy of the song. But this morning I want to ask you, what is your hope built on this morning? Where is your security? And I ask that you let it be in Christ. Let us pray.